The Hornets had a lot of three, but not enough D this weekend. We go over both games and talk about what's coming up. It's a tough road to hoe ahead for the Charlotte Hornets. That's all coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Check them out today at prizepicks.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day, or maybe your first watch if you're checking us out on our brand spanking new YouTube channel, which I am super proud of. Go and check out our interview that we did with uh, Eric Collins, the GOAT, on our YouTube channel today. Uh, We are free and available on all platforms. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, now on YouTube. Uh, Link to the YouTube channel, by the way, is pinned on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. I am Doug Branson. No Walker mail today. He is doing a a travel day for Walker, uh, getting rested up for the rest of this week, uh, just like the Hornets. So with me today, my old co-host from Hive Talk Live and Locked on Hornets 1.0, David Walker. You can follow him on Twitter at David B. Walker. David, what's going on, my man? What's up, man? This is a throwback episode, but this is we've got a deep bench now. So, you know, when somebody's traveling or, or they've true. got a rest day, you know, we could just tap somebody to come off the bench. I'm happy to be that guy now. Maybe not as many minutes as in the heyday, but, you know, I can still give you give you a few to fill in. It's true. This uh, show does have a deep bench, a deep roster now of guests that we're bringing on each and every week. Uh, David and I are going to talk about our favorite moments for the hardcore fans, our favorite moments from Lockdown Hornets 1.0 later in the show. But first, got to get to the biggest stories from the weekend. We'll also, in the second segment, we're going to talk about this game, important game coming up tonight against the Chicago Bulls. We'll break that down. And uh, later on in the show, you definitely want to stick around because LeVar Ball is starting to speak. Uh, it's, we, we didn't know when it was going to happen, but we, sh- we were sure that it was going to happen. LeVar Ball finally having his say or beginning to have his say. We'll tell you what he did say coming up later in the show. But first, let's talk about these big stories from the weekend. So the Hornets get a big win on Friday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Those Timberwolves were on a five-game winning streak. They were playing great basketball, and the Hornets uh, really just smacked them in the mouth. A uh, big win for the Hornets on Friday. Uh, But then, David, they followed it up with a loss uh, to the Rockets in Houston. Uh, They they made a valiant comeback uh, and and hit a lot of three-pointers, just like they did in that Minnesota game. Uh, But it really came down to the defense, just a lack of defense, enough defense in that game, and uh, they fall to the Rockets. What did you think about their performance over the weekend? Yeah, I guess we can start with the Rockets ones because that one sticks out a little bit more to me and probably everyone else, just because the Rockets were so bad going in. You know, we talked about it uh, in the weekend preview that it's just a young team that was really struggling. And, you know, if you didn't know before, when you tuned in, you certainly saw the uh, the lack of the crowd there. Gave you a little tip-off to how the Rockets have been playing so far this season. But, you know, uh, you, know you mentioned before the show, a lot of people saying the schedule loss. I certainly think that had a, a piece in it. You know, the Rockets have not played – 
since Wednesday when they were at home. The Hornets, of course, played the night before, had to fly in and play a road game a back-to-back. But, um, you know, you can't give up 43 points in the first quarter to anyone. Yeah. And that's something that this team knows. That's something that JV knows. And so right from the outset, they, they put themselves in one of those holes that they had been they'd gotten away from. They'd done a better job of starting fast. And uh, even against a young team that was prone to make mistakes that really gave them a lot of chances, gave the Hornets a lot of chances to get back into this game and even win it, um, you, you're just fighting uphill the entire game. So you can't give up 43 points in that first quarter regardless of what you do the rest of the way. No, I totally agree. I don't think that this was necessarily a schedule loss. I did call that loss to Atlanta a schedule loss, but this one didn't feel that way. I I thought the Hornets could have had enough legs to beat this Rockets team. I really thought had they played for sure. Sure, yeah, offensively they had legs. I mean, that's to Mm -hmm. me now towards the end of the game. Once they got into uh, the the late period of this game, you could start to tell some of those shots for PJ and Terry were falling short, but it never had to get to that place. If you had played D, even even let's let's take the first quarter out of it. Although, you know, total lapse. I think they left their brains in Charlotte. Total lapse of defensive uh, organization. I mean, it was a full team defensive breakdown. You had. Uh, your full complement of of defensive um, uh, bad essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had not not blocking not blocking out. Uh, you had bad uh, out of bounds plays, uh, bad defense on the out of bounds plays. Uh, you had Christian Wood cutting to the rim over and over. Oh. Bad communication between Hayward and between Miles Bridges. You had Ubre uh, just not really locked in on defense at all. So it was just a you when you had uh, the the classic kind of Lamelo Ball gambling on uh, one of these wood plays during a zone defense set. And whenever you gamble when you're playing zone, especially if you're up top like LaMelo, you're going to leave the other side of the court completely unweighted. And you've got Gordon Hayward having to make a decision, and it leads to, I believe, a Garrison Matthews three. Don't Probably. even get me started on Garrison Sounds Matthews. Right. <laughs> David, Garrison Matthews. How how is this how did how do the Hornets keep getting beaten by these names like Garrison Matthews and Matt Thomases of the world? I just don't get I it. I mean, you do have to give some credit to the Rockets there. They just literally shot the lights out uh that night. And Matthews was certainly one of those, but they gave him some good looks early and they let him get comfortable, right? And you can't do that against these guys that really don't know any better. Uh you have to put them away early. They finally started to lock in on defense in the fourth quarter, but by then it was just too late. I mean, they had to expend so much energy getting back into that basketball game um, that by the time they had the lead, the lead started to flip-flop over and over in the fourth quarter because they couldn't hold on to it. Uh, but if had they played even just moderate defense in the second or third quarter, I thought it would have been enough um, to get over the hump because bad teams like Houston typically allow you back in the game. Like, it wasn't a surprise to me. Yeah. Right. It wasn't a surprise to me that the Hornets were able to get back into the game, but they could have stepped up the defense in the second quarter, third quarter, showed some of that resiliency that we've seen from them all season. And I think it, it would have been enough. And that was, um, so the thing I, I think, yeah. I think st- just the last thing on this, I think starting the start of both halves, because even in the third quarter, right, they had a good run to take the lead for the first time, I think at the end of the half. And then they gave up a three to give the lead back going into halftime. But then coming out of the locker room, both teams went back and forth and hit like six or seven three-pointers combined between the two in a row. And the Hornets were just not giving up enough fight. They weren't clamping down enough to, to kind of keep that momentum going in the in, in the the from the from the first half. So that's why it's a little bit of a head-scratcher because you can kind of write off one half and say, all right, now come just make it a little better. 
to start the second half, but they didn't do that. You know, they gave up 37 points in the third quarter to your point. So it's like, you know, you, you can, you can write off a little bit of not being ready to go one time, but when you do it to start both halves, yeah. uh, you kind of get what you deserve. Well, and it brings up, I think, two big weaknesses that the Hornets have to overcome each and every night when they step on the floor. And and one is that they're not playing well at the rim. They really live and die by the three-point shots. Why they, they're they even – I think they're an above-average offense at this point, but it's only because they've just been completely lights out from three. I mean, this offense would look um, pretty pathetic if they weren't hitting shots. They've just hit shots night after night, even when they're playing – uh, bad defense or good defense. They've just been knocking down shots, and, and you saw in both those games against Minnesota and Houston, they are just pushing the pace like we've never seen before and yep. getting a lot of shot opportunities. Um, but they also live and die by defense. Um, they can't take a night off on defense. They can't play lackadaisical defense, especially against a Rockets team that was just ready to pounce. I mean, they were ready to jump on it, and the Hornets didn't really come prepared. One more thing I want to get to in this first segment, and that's P.J. Washington returning to the lineup. He's He was started the past Past two games uh, due to the fact that Mason Plumley is uh, spending some time out due to a calf strain. It doesn't seem like a serious thing for Mason, uh, but he's been playing you know, a lot with P.J. out. Now that P.J.'s back, it gives them an opportunity to rest Mason and, and get him fully healthy. What have you thought about P.J. Washington back into the fold for the Hornets? I think he's been really good. I mean, for what yeah. they ask him, you know, he's been able to step out went three of four from three against the Rockets, five of seven overall in 35 minutes. Didn't get to the line at all. Uh, but, you know, gave him hit some big shots when they needed to and was able to step out there and extend the defense. That's something that Mason Plumlee does not give them, the ability for the big guy to step out and hit a couple threes like P.J. does. But, man, you look at that game, and it just highlights the fact that they have literally no one at center. You know, Nick Richards mm-hmm. uh, notwithstanding – that's how shallow that center position is. And it's, 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 it's noticeable when it's just Mason Plumlee, but when you lose him, I mean, my gosh, you're, you're looking around Christian Wood, you know, had a night, of course he would. I mean, there's nobody in there to stop him. So it's just a constant reminder of that gaping hole at center there. Even when you have PJ come in, because he is a big boost to what this team can do on offense, but they just, they have nothing in there to just stop someone inside. And it's, it's obviously a, a big Achilles heel for this team. Yeah, I think Richards, to his credit, you know, he's getting limited minutes right now and he's coming in and giving good limited minutes. Like he's coming in and getting a few offensive rebounds, giving them good energy play, running the floor. That's great. But I think the reason he's getting limited minutes is because Borrego understands that over long stretches of time, teams will find a way to attack Nick Richards on defense, bringing him, you know, bringing him out. He's not he's not going to be great um, unless he's really just sort of hunting for a block down low. Um, and so they know he knows that teams will expose that. And he's had more success going to the small lineup than sticking with Nick Richards and and some other bench pieces. Seven um, minutes, you know, for Richards yeah. against the Rockets. So nothing really. No, and I don't. I don't necessarily think that was the defensive problem. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know if Nick Richards would have. Uh, created that much more havoc for Christian Wood, who just seemed mm-hmm. on a mission. I mean, you know, the Hornets, of course, had Christian Wood, uh, sent him to Greensboro, seemed like, and played some in Charlotte, too, seemed kind of promising, and then um, they they let him free due to the fact that they just had a lot of players under contract, and he ended up with Philly for a while, and now just really playing excellent basketball in Houston. Um, you know, good job for you, sir. Uh, but it's pretty clear, David, that the Hornets are grinding right now. I mean, the coach, you know, Coach Borrego is even talking about it. This has been uh, tough strength of schedule, and um, they've they've traveled a ton, 
and they're fighting through it right now. And they've got a tough schedule coming up, and that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment of the show. Uh, but first, I got to tell you about Prize Picks. You heard about it at the beginning of the show. Have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and they offer all the superstar players as well as the bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. So if you like that deep DFS action, you got to go with Prize Picks. They offer any prop you can think of. You know, football right now, they do yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So if you if you love the prop bets and, you know, Super Bowl's coming up, you know, a lot of college football coming up, championship games, love to do the prop picks. You got to go with prize picks. All of uh, our users, all, all of our listeners, all of our viewers that deposit and use our promo code will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the promo code NBA. Use that award-winning Prize Picks app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's super easy. Prize Picks is safe and they offer fast withdrawals as well. And that's what you care about. You want to get that money. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. David. You and I talk about this a lot. Uh, trouble, you know, with different kinds of devices and services that we use to watch the sports we love. David, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good <laughs> stuff, or maybe your co-host login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without all of the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Coming up, they've got a big game against the Chicago Bulls tonight. We break it all down here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. We just flat out eat some noodles on Thanksgiving, and they're really good. That's a new one. I really yeah. haven't heard of I people know. just doing some straight nudes on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Is, Thanksgiving is there some Italian Taylor. background in your family? Is that why no. nudes show up? No. no, no, I don't think so. Nope. Uh, just, some, just some straight Anglican nudes. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, David, we've got the gang back together here. The old Hive Talk live crew, Locked On Hornets 1.0. It was you and me at the very beginning. Uh, so really quickly, before we get to this game against Chicago that's coming up tonight, do you have a favorite moment from our time doing Hive Talk Live or Locked On Hornets 1.0? A favorite moment? Well, you know, I used to do the show quite a bit. Uh, statues of limitations, I guess, are passed now, but uh, driving in the car, Doug, I don't know if you recall <laughs> this, uh, on my way to work or, or school drop-off or wherever due to – that's Mobile, you know, we had to, we, mobile we had unit. Mesh, we had to mesh schedules, right? So we had to we, – we, you had your that thing. That was before I, we I were think. on video. 
Yeah, uh, yes, of course. That that would have been you know something impressive. We could have pulled that off. So just I think the daily grind of that avoiding pedestrians, you know, uh, not getting into any traffic citations, getting to a good parking place, surprisingly good acoustics in those cars though. So that was just you know the daily grind of that was something else. I mean, we listen. This is not this 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 podcast was we've been doing a day by day daily thing for a very long time. That's right. Uh, my favorite moment was when we had general manager Rich Cho in studio. Oh, of course. And we played a game called International Prospect or International Delicacy. And Rich, obviously, it's his job. He took it very seriously. Uh, and I think he was a little he was a little peeved at us uh, for <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he bites. got a. He, well, he got a few of them wrong. He got a few of the prospects wrong. Well, he was a little sorry, peeved on I mean, us. Listen, uh, sorry, Rich. I'm, whatever, I'm sorry. Uh, all right. We'll see Let's, how Mitch uh, does it that game at some point, I, I bet. I think Mitch would be actually great. He's, he, I'm telling you, he's he's sneaky like a little fox. You, he Sometimes he comes out in these press conferences and you're like, is this – so what's what's going on here? Does he has he got his hand on the wheel? And but there's no doubt. I mean, Mitch, our cup check runneth over. I mean, he Ugh. is. You know, I, I, we watched Book Knight and Kai Jones finally, the two rookies, finally get some play time against Minnesota. You saw Book Knight uh, throw it up for the Kai Jones dunk. David, we get to yeah. watch the Hornets' future while they win basketball games. That's a new one for Hornets fans who haven't been around for a while. And we don't need to worry about it. We don't need to count on it. We don't need to look at the rookie ladder anymore to be our only source of, of, of hope and happiness during the season. That's one thing I noticed. No. You know, I don't care. Who cares who wins the rookie of the year? I don't care anymore. No, listen, Book and Kai are going to be just fine. I know people are worried because they're not getting many minutes. Terry Rozier is playing well enough now that I think any any kind of small, tiny, lingering questions about his status in the rotation have been completely obliterated. He's been one of the shining spots for them over the past five to ten games. Um, so I think Book Knight and Kai are going to have to be patient and, and bide their time, um, but I think they'll be, be big pieces for the Hornets in, in years to come. Okay, let's talk about tonight's game against Chicago. Chicago 13-8 and eight on the season. They are fifth in the East. They're a half game up on Charlotte, who sits at sixth in the East after the loss to the Rockets. David, the Bulls started out hot. Uh, they basically reorganized their entire team. They've added uh, DeRozan to the lineup. He's been huge. They added Nick Vucevic, an old Hornets enemy uh, from the Orlando days. So they've added some new pieces here, shaking things up. Zach Levine playing well. Started out hot, but they've lost three out of their last four. Losses to Indiana, Houston. Their only win is versus the Orlando Magic, which I just called Adam Silver, and he told me that any wins against Orlando this year do not count. Um, so just wipe those away, including the win that the Hornets got. Uh, David, what do you think about this matchup tonight against Chicago? Ball versus ball, right? I think I first oh, looked yeah. at the new look uh, ball, brother, a matchup. But yeah, That's the, the big headline. Of course, certainly one of the darlings of the first part of the season, I would say, were, were the Bulls and gotten a lot of attention. I didn't think, I just did not think the DeRozan addition and the way they reconstructed this team would, would work at all. And uh, they proved mm -hmm. me wrong on that. So good on them. You know, um, the Hornets, I think, may be able to sneak one in because the, the, the Bulls may be looking ahead Thursday, got a big matchup with New York. Um, uh, you know, but they're going to have to match, I think, some of their firepower. And, and, and with those two guys, DeRozan and Levine, I mean, they're 25, 26 points a night. Uh, so the Hornets are going to have to, you know, try and stop some of them. Is Vooch, is he still out, though? 
Uh, no, they just recently got him back. He's played they the last three back. games. Yep. Okay, that would have been helpful if he was out because, as we discussed, not a lot of help on the interior for the Hornets. Uh, no. So, yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're playing well, maybe trying to get back on track a little bit. Uh, both teams kind of looking to rebound from from some losses recently. Yeah, you really hope that Chicago hasn't read the scouting report on Charlotte and, they, and, and Vooch just – tries to shoot a bunch of threes and really stretch the floor instead of going down and, and dominating. Uh, but he's been really good for them on – I don't know if he, he individually has been good for them on defense, but I was looking at some numbers, and when Vooch, DeRozan, and Levine are on the floor, the Chicago Bulls have one of their best defensive ratings, and and their defense has, has improved as the year has gone on as well. 97.8, their defensive rating when all three of those players are on the floor. So I really think, you know, the starting lineup – has to make shots tonight and lock in on defense. The Hornets have been depending a lot on Kelly Oubre and Cody Martin to come in, Kelly to provide the offense, Cody to provide the defense. I think really the starters have to step up in this one and challenge a a really good starting lineup for Chicago and make sure that this game doesn't get out of hand early. What do you think about that? And shouldn't be a problem getting up early for this one, right? Especially coming off of that, a lot of lessons Mm -hmm. to learn coming out of that Houston game. Uh, this should be a good crowd in Chicago tonight. They will be without Mason Plumley again, and he has been ruled out for this one. So they're going to yeah. have to pull everything together on defense and really get back to what they were doing, which was playing on a string, right? There was so much talk about that in that run that they had. The, yeah. the team defense was so much better on the perimeter. They were talking. They were moving together. So, yeah, obviously that's going to be a big deal, and they got to continue the, the hot shooting. But it starts from you know the top down, LaMelo and Terry. I mean, those have been your go-to guys as of late. Um, but yeah, the defense is going to have to be better, obviously. Well, you know, the dirty little secret about this improved Hornets defense is that a lot of their their stops are generated, you know, not by physically stopping a team at the rim. It's by, you know, stealing the basketball, forcing turnovers, and that's something that the Bulls are uh, a little immune to. They don't turn the basketball over. They have a weird shot profile that's very different than a lot of other teams in the league. They're not in vogue. You know, they've got DeRozan, they've got Levine, they've got Vooch. Um, So they're playing a lot short mid, long mid, uh, playing at the rim a lot. They're not shooting a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, of course the Hornets know the scouting report. They're, they're going to try to defend that the best way they can. Um, but they have, si- you know, Chicago has size at the wing too, David. That's really what worries me. I'm worried less about Vooch or anything that's going to happen inside. I'm more worried about the fact that they've got DeRozan and Levine and what that and Lonzo and what that means just one on one versus Rozier versus uh, Ball, you know, versus some of these guards that aren't necessarily like great one on one defenders. I mean, I see a lot of De- I'm I'm forecasting a lot of DeRozan post ups in this game. Well, that's that would be that you're not going out on a limb there, but you you gotta hope Bridges, um, you know, even maybe Hayward down in the post can at least give him some problems or put a body on him mm-hmm. and make some of these shots difficult. But but that's his game. I mean, he's the the master of the mid range right now uh, across the league. So yeah, the Hornets. You would hope they could get hot from three. You know, continue some of that hot three point shooting, and the Bulls may not be able to keep up. Uh, they definitely want to get out and run still uh, because that's what this team – and that's when this team is fun. Even in that Rockets game when it was frustrating to watch, when they got a couple of breakouts and are able to get out and run and throw those alley-oops, that's what gets this team going, I think, and makes them fun to watch. Um, I mean, this is a big game. This is a big game coming into the second kind of quarter of the season here with, I'm going to say it, two, two of the top teams in the East, Doug, and that has not been the case uh, 
you know, for a long, long time. I was surprised TNT didn't scoop this game up. The ball versus ball mm-hmm. matchup is always overhyped and all, you know, tends to make national TV. In fact, it will make national TV Wednesday, February 9th. It's the ESPN national TV game for oh, the ball versus it. ball matchup, but this one uh, you'll have to find on your your local RSN. Uh, but should be Good an luck. interesting matchup. The the ball versus, you know, any ball versus matchup this season I think has been overhyped. It tends to you know, both players, it's just almost like a curse. There's a little bit of like ball versus curse that's going on right now where, where LaMelo doesn't play well. So hopefully because it's his brother, maybe you see, um, maybe you see a little bit more, more action. Uh, there's been another ball uh, that has been part of the conversation very recently. Maybe it's due to the fact that uh, both kids are playing each other um, tonight. Uh, it's been LeVar Ball. He had some interesting comments to multiple outlets uh, we talked a little bit about it on Friday, but he had another comment that I want to get to uh, in the next segment. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. It's Cyber Monday. It's the best Monday of the year, and Built.com is the place to aim your mouse and fire some Built Bars into your cart. Get at least 20% <laughs> off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site Why? That's nuts. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has landed just in time for Cyber Monday. It's Caramel Almond Delight. That sounds amazing. And it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein. And this season, maybe you're craving white chocolate for a limited time. Get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor. White chocolate cheesecake, the yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Get to Built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to built.com, built.com, enter code LOCKED20 before it's too late. Also, bet online. We're done with Thanksgiving, but we're not done with football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey leftovers and betting. Bet online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. That gets you that sweet, sweet bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, happy holiday and happy, happy holidays and happy betting. Back with more locked on Hornets. Ahead. This is Locked On Hornets. Segway. It's called a radio segway. Well, and and I'm feeling better, by the way. If you didn't notice, I didn't want. You know, I'm I'm a little bit of a private person, so I don't talk about my health issues often on the show. Um, But now I'm healthy, and I think people are going to notice a change in me today. So I just wanted to kind of go ahead and get that out of the way. um, That Doug is unleashed on this show today. So watch out. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. David LeVar Ball, always 
a center of some kind of controversy, normally around his uh, children who are very good at basketball. The Hornets have one of his children, LaMelo Ball. Actually, they have two of his children, LiAngelo Ball, playing for the Greensboro Swarm. We mentioned on Friday, LaVar Ball, a little upset that LiAngelo Ball not getting big minutes in Greensboro. In fact, he's not really even mad that he's not getting big minutes in Greensboro. He's upset that LiAngelo Ball is not playing in Charlotte alongside LaMelo Ball, saying that the Hornets don't know what they have in LiAngelo Ball. Uh, But the comments that I want to talk about for this final segment of the show is on LaMelo Ball. LaVar Ball says he doesn't think LaMelo can be MVP. He knows LaMelo Ball can be MVP. LaVar Ball once again inserting himself into the conversation. David, what do you think? Uh, I think this is a great sign for LaMelo's MVP (laughs) chances. I mean... What else has what all he he speaks everything into existence? I mean, he's got all three kids playing professional basketball, That's one right. step away from having all three in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. Further than that, I, I think this is a brilliant move by the G League to get some Levar Ball controversy going, get some eyes Ooh. on the G League. I think he may be secretly employed Conspiracy. by the G League, stir up some controversy there. Maybe we see some highlights from the G League, get some more attention on those guys. Uh, yeah, this is nothing but good. This is nothing but good news for the, for the Hornets and especially LaMelo Ball, of course. It feels like LaVar spent a year in hiatus, let LaMelo do his thing in Charlotte, didn't really hear from LaVar Ball at all uh, last season that I remember. No. And and now he, he's it's like he had a year-long gag order, and now he's just ready to hit the scene. He's got all kinds of thoughts. He's got all kinds of takes. And as – as someone that has some pretty big takes himself on this show every once in a while, I can't help but relate with my man Lavar. You know, I, I respect him for for laying out for a year, and and I think you got to let Lavar Lavar for a little bit. I don't <laughs> think, David, that it's going to be a distraction for the team at all. I, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, I think the fact that Lavar is making these comments to like TMZ and some of these other outlets yes. kind of shows you where this is. It's not ending up on ESPN. Uh, I think that. Partly has to do with the fact that LaMelo plays in Charlotte. I think yeah. if LaMelo played in New York, I think if he played in L.A., oh, then LaVar's yeah. comments, and had LaVar not gone on ESPN and, and made some unfortunate remarks about women um, that, that I think are, are important to note, um, then, then I think ESPN will be paying more attention to it. But LaVar Ball is an unserious person, should be taken uh, with, with uh, a huge, giant grain of salt, Yes. Uh, and I don't think this is going to really be a big deal. No, I don't think if you're a Hornets fan, you have to be worried about this uh, one iota. He has been at a game this year. I don't know how many uh, LeBar sightings we've had at the, the, the Hornets games, but he's been there. So, uh, you know, he's paying attention, of course. Yeah, uh, keeping his eye I, on things. I, I would love to – I wonder if it'll be there tonight, though. I mean, the ball versus ball in Chicago. Will we see him tonight is the question. Yeah, and two games ago against Minnesota, we had McDaniels and uh, McDaniels. Mm-hmm. So a lot of and when when the Hornets play the Heat again, we'll have Martin versus Martin. Oh yes. A lot of brotherly love going on uh, with the Hornets and several of these franchises. So that's always fun to check out. Uh, one thing that I think will be important to Lamelo's chances at being MVP. You know, we talked about this a few shows ago. Talked about Lamelo's opportunity to make All NBA at some point, and and we ran through the stats. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that's step one before you can come become MVP. You got to get all NBA. Sure. Uh, so w- one of the things that I think 
is getting in the way of LaMelo being in any of those conversations are his clutch stats. Uh, I was taking a look at this because uh, he was a big factor at the end of that game against Houston, had the ball in his hands a lot. I thought that was the right move because LaMelo had some fresh legs. He looked pretty, pretty hoppy out there, tried to drive the basketball a few times, wasn't getting foul calls, wasn't getting that, you know, sort of veteran respect. Uh, did miss a three pointer um, that, I, that I think really would have been a dagger three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at his clutch numbers, David. Um, he's been, had 12 games, opportunities for clutch minutes, six of six in those games. Uh, 35% from the field on one and a half shots and 28.6% from three in clutch minutes. Does have a, a good free throw percentage, um, but just not not a ton of efficient production from LaMelo uh, in clutch opportunities. And he's really not the guy right now that you throw the ball to at the end of games unless you're in those special circumstances. Yeah, to me, this is not really about, um, you know, whether he has the ability or has the clutch gene or anything like that. I think it's obvious he wants the ball in big situations and he's not afraid of of that spotlight. To me, this is just kind of when things slow down in those crunch time situations, he's still trying to figure out the best way to facilitate those, especially like when his first option is not there or when he cannot find somebody to distribute it to. So uh, mm-hmm. I think it's still part of his learning process. Um, they've got enough guys on this team that you feel like that shouldn't be a big issue. I mean, certainly you have Terry. I feel comfortable with Terry and even Hayward and Bridges. I mean, any of those guys taking a shot in the last second or as the clock winds down. So, um, yeah, I think the only way to get better at that is for him to have the ball in the situations and just to go through them, you know. Um, I think that'll come with time. And I think he's got the ability to do that. One thing I will say, I'm surprised at a little bit of the lack of um, of calls he gets on a regular basis when he goes to the basket. I can't figure out if he's – if his ability to kind of weave in and out of people with his body, especially like in midair and kind of uh, take a shot or, 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 or get contact glanced off him is doing something with that. But it feels like he should be getting a, a few more opportunities to go to the line when he drives into the basket. And maybe that'll come with time too. Yeah. How much of that is a, you know, refereeing respect issue and, and how much of that is maybe something strategic or tactical that he's doing on these drives. I don't think he's necessarily, I think when he drives, he's not necessarily avoiding contact, but I think overall in his game, he's more reliant on the floater than I think he should be at times. I think he should put his head down and, and get to the basket a little bit more. Um, so, and maybe with that, if he, if he starts doing that, he'll pick up, you know, more of these calls on the whole. We're just not seeing him take it all the way, uh, very often. And so maybe that kind of skews our observation about how often he gets fouled in those situations. Um, I'm, so I don't think LaMelo ball is like an empty calorie stats player. I think he's come up very big in big games for the Hornets. And he's been the reason why they've won some of these games, or at least a big contributor to those wins. So I'm not concerned about that. I'm not really concerned about the, the clutch aspect of his game. I just, I think it's to be determined. I'm not, I'm not convinced that he's, that he's a player that can knock down big shots that, that win games, that win close games in those situations, because I just haven't seen it bear itself out and that's partly because he's not getting those opportunities right now. I, I think those opportunities will start to come to him more and more as the games get bigger and the spotlight grows and his role on the team 
grows as well. So that's all I'm saying is it's to be determined. But right now I'm looking at the numbers and it's not great. In fact, his brother Lonzo Ball is actually worse in the clutch. Uh, he's had the same number of opportunities. The ball doesn't go to him as much in the clutch, but he's 25% from the field and uh, has uh, not attempted a three-point play or three-point shot in in clutch minutes uh, yet. So, and we know too that. It's more. It's more than just scoring. Like Lamelo does other things in those clutch minutes, um, and and makes assists and and facilitates for other guys. We have to take that into account as well. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see clutch numbers go up because of a thing like you know getting that steal on the rebound against the Wizards, right? In the last second. Right. I mean, that was a game saving, game winning right. play that that doesn't show totally. up. So his impact across the board, you can just feel it and watch it. Like it's really even in that Rockets game, triple double, of course, uh, but wasn't a big scoring. But his impact. When you watch the game, his impact is to me LeBron, like Luca, like that yep. level of impact yep. at a young, such a young age, like right. you're building on that. So that's what and we're just right, positive. but we're waiting. We're waiting for those narrative shots because we we're waiting sure. for the LeBron James, Luca Doncic, Kevin Durant. I mean, all of these guys have hit huge game winning shots. And that's where we're waiting to see from LaMelo Ball. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for making Locked on Hornets your first listen or your first watch every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q and uh, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms for Walker. He'll be back tomorrow. And David, by the way, David, thank you for joining me. Thanks for getting My the game. My pleasure back, again. Anytime Appreciate you look it. down the bench, I'm, I'm available. Follow him on Twitter at David B. Walker. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.